listeners, and how are you? Welcome to episode 33-0 of Yins Are Good, the podcast that celebrates the kindness, the goodness that's going on right here in Pittsburgh, PA. I am your host, Tressa Glover, and golly, we've got a good show lined up for you. Uh, well, first, a reminder to please share your stories of acts of kindness, of people who have made you smile, who have lifted you up, who have made you better. Call us at 1-833-399-GOOD and tell us all about it. Or, of course, you can send an email. Send it to, say it along with me now, yinsaregood at gmail.com. Let's continue to help each other by sharing good news, all the good stuff that's going on. And I definitely will be sharing some of that good news with you today. Uh, and it's actually coming from our friends at theincline.com. And if you're not familiar, we're going to talk more about them as well. But I cannot wait for you to hear these stories. And also, OMG, <laughs> I'm so excited for our Yinzer Spotlight. I will be talking with the folks who are at the helm of the Greater Pittsburgh Festival of Books. Did you know that this festival is happening? It sure is. So do mark your calendar. Saturday, May 14th, 2022. So clearly you have plenty of time to clear your schedule. Just wait until you hear all that they are planning for this day. It's so good. And it's all, you know, it is really in the name of building community, helping those in our community. They, they have such a passion about the importance of books, of reading, of storytelling, especially for our children, but really what it can do for all of us. This festival is going to be so much fun. Um, and they're even, they're hoping, you know, COVID permitting, of course, but to have some pop-up events leading up to May 14th as well. So cannot wait for you to hear from them. And Don DiGiulio is back, my friends. He is back for Name That Neighborhood Another Round. And don't forget, of course, if you'd like to give it a shot, send me an email and we will put you on the show in your own Name That Neighborhood segment. And I think, yeah, that's pretty much what I got on tap for you here. Um, so, hey, without further ado, what do you think? Let's get to the good stuff. All right, time for some stories of kindness. Let's get to it. So as I mentioned, um, these do come from our friends at theincline.com and specifically from an article written by Colin Deppin. And, and so if you're not familiar, theincline.com, you really should check it out. Um, as they say on, on their site, we believe that connecting with Pittsburgh should be easy. So they let you know so many things that are going on in the area and, and just more than that. And so a big thanks to Colin and to the director there at the Incline, Francesca, for sharing these stories with us. So uh, what they did was they actually asked some of their, they asked their readers to share their favorite Pittsburgh moments of kindness from a stranger. And so here we have what some people wrote in and shared. From Maddie. Once my work ID was loose in my bag and I thought I lost it. Fast forward two months to me getting a call from the library in Etna. It had gotten stuck in a library book, then I guess I returned it, and this librarian went back through the history of borrowers, matched my name, and called my cell phone to ask if I needed it back. Ah, oh, love it. And Patricia shares, I came to visit a friend and got miserably lost. To a fault, every single person I approached helped me get to Shadyside. At one point, I was sitting at a red light not knowing where to go, so I rolled down my window and asked the guy next to me. He said, 
You need to go left here. When the light turns green, we'll wait. You go. He signaled the driver next to him, and they both waited while I made my left from the right-hand lane. I have no clue what the oncoming traffic was doing or if there even was any oncoming traffic. Little did I know that was my first experience with the Pittsburgh left. Love this city. (laughs) Oh, that Pittsburgh left. How can you not love it? And then this was from someone who uh, wanted to remain anonymous. And it's uh, regarding an older neighbor of theirs that had a falling out with their family. Anonymous says, the guy was on his own. Neighbors shoveled his walk in the winter. The lady across the street made sure he had his supper every night. I made sure there was ice melter on his walk on snowy days. People cleaned the snow off his precious minivan. Somebody put his trash cans back after the trash had been picked up. While he was living with us, we looked after him. Mm. Way to go. And then we hear from Nicole... And this is while, let's see, regarding a celebratory dinner at Sausalito. So Nicole says, as we waited for our apps, I noticed a younger guy sitting alone at the table next to ours. He'd been there alone since before we arrived. I love to talk to strangers, so I struck up a conversation with him. Turned out that he was in town for work and decided to find a place for dinner. Our table had four chairs, so I invited him to sit with us. We ended up having a great time talking, laughing, sharing, and eating. When the bill came, the folder was empty. The waitress explained that an older couple witnessed our interaction with the guy and thought it was so nice of us they paid our bill. We were all dumbfounded. To this day, it's one of the most random acts of kindness I've ever been a part of. Oh, way to bring a tear to my eye. All of you, thank you. (laughs) What I especially love is there's something to connect to that I know we all can connect to in each of these, right? Losing your work ID, getting lost, especially in Pittsburgh, Um, right? Um, You know, out to dinner with friends and knowing someone who's fallen on tough times and maybe doesn't have folks around them like they used to. And that's, I think, what really strikes me about all of these is that we could all be in these positions. Maybe we have been. Mm. So thank you to all of you who shared. And, of course, to the librarian in Aetna, to all of those drivers that helped that Pittsburgh left happen. (laughs) And, of course, to those neighbors who were there for someone when they really needed it. And everybody who was at dinner that night at Sausalito sounds like everybody in that place. (laughs) The kindness. Thank you all. Yins are good. Okay, so after we were at the Bloomfield Market, I did mention in an episode that there was a certain connection that was made that day that you'd be hearing more about. And that time has come. It is regarding this greater Pittsburgh festival of books. So on that day at the Bloomfield Market, um, a gentleman approached our tent and started talking. And he saw our banner that mentions telling stories, right? Uh, Encouraging folks to share stories with us. And so he asked, what was that all about? And we got to talking. And that is how I learned about this upcoming festival of books. And we were both interested in learning more about the Others Project. And I am so thrilled to have them on the podcast and and to be sharing all of this information with you. And so his name is Marshall Cohen. He is the founder and co-chair of the Greater Pittsburgh Festival of Books. And you'll also be hearing from Lori Moser, also a co-chair, and Sandra Gould Ford, who is a member of their advisory committee. So those are the folks that you are about to hear my conversation with. Wow, we had such fun talking. So just get ready. Um, Get ready to learn all really that you need to know for this upcoming festival hello I'm, hello oh hello 
Hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> no, we're 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 good. Sandra's telling tales of her incredible career. Okay. So and hello Sandra. It's nice to meet you this way. Yeah, good morning, Tressa. Nice meeting you. Good morning. Why don't we just get started? But if we could start with, would you each mind telling our audience and me a little bit about yourselves? Okay. Um Laurie, go ahead. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Laurie Moser. Um, I like to start new events. I started the Race for the Cure in Pittsburgh and Story Walk and Biggest Bedtime Story Ever. And now I'm honored to be involved with the Greater Pittsburgh Festival of Books. Yay. Okay. Uh, I'm Marshall Cohen. I'm a native of Pittsburgh, uh, born and raised here and graduate of the Pittsburgh Public School System. Um, came back after about half a century, three years ago, in retirement uh, for the wonderful city that Pittsburgh is. And um, I'm a book lover, a book reader, and felt that one of the missing things in Pittsburgh's great cultural scene was a, a book festival for all. And so that's what uh, I'm trying to do with the wonderful help of, of Laurie, Sandra, and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, good morning. My name is Sandra Gould-Ford, and I'm an artist, author, educator, and also a steel worker, a former steel worker who loves to present the art to inspire, to enrich, and yay, so glad we're going to have this here in Pittsburgh. Thank you, Marshall. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so excited, too, and I can't wait to just dive into this and learn all about it. And first, of course, just thank you all for being here. So let's talk. So, and Marshall, you alluded to this in your introduction, but so Pittsburgh has never had a book festival, correct? I believe that's correct of the, the scope and the breadth and depth that is our vision. You know, hundreds, literally hundreds of cities across the United States have annual book festivals. Now, you know, uh, when the pandemic hit, for the most part, as you would expect, they really became uh, virtual if they were able to take place at all. But you can see that they're starting to work their way back uh, in their planning and the wonderful, magical live festivals that um, have existed in cities big and small, a lot smaller cities in Pittsburgh, a lot bigger cities in Pittsburgh. Those festivals will be returning in the next year. And so um, that's our vision, a magical day-long uh, event. It will be held in East Liberty. And I know the question we get all the time is what exactly happens at a book festival? And what happens at a book festival is any number of things, but the core is that we are, are going to bring in Pittsburgh and national authors, poets, children's literature uh, writers, artists, and have them do free uh, sessions where they talk about their writing, their ideas, how they write, why they write, what their books are about, and an opportunity for attendees to ask questions, meet the authors, and get, if they want, get their books and even get their books signed, which is something that I like to do. The idea is to have any number of genres. So if you like to are interested in mysteries, there's going to be mystery writers there. If you like just broader, regular fiction, there'll be uh, people who write wonderful books on fiction. If you love poetry, there's going to be all kinds of poetry available for you to listen to and meet the poets. Um, history, um, we've actually, I'll spill the beans a little bit, but we're, we're just locked in a, a national book award historian uh, who was born in Pittsburgh, um, who's going to be coming and presenting at the festival. It's those kinds of things uh, that we're going to do. So, and it all happens on one day in an in area, it's all going to happen in East Liberty. So there'll be the energy and the cross current of things going on, all about reading books, literature, and, and, and learning. Oh, so many. So Sandra or Lori, you know, obviously anything you'd like to add, I do want to say, I love that you dropped the little teaser of the history author without saying who it is. I love that. 
And I can't wait. <laughs> and I can't wait to find out. This just all sounds so amazing. But yes, please, Lori or Sandra. Um, I'd love to say something. Yeah. Um, the Because this is the inaugural re- year of the festival, we're calling it Pittsburgh Through the Pages. Um, and it, we're really honoring uh, the writers and authors and poets who have contributed to not only our local level of literacy, but nationally and internationally. So it's Pittsburgh through the pages. Our authors are from Pittsburgh or live in Pittsburgh or write about Pittsburgh, but we are really celebrating um, the community of literacy that Pittsburgh represents. It's, it's one of the most literate cities in the country. It's based on how many books are circulated from the library. And so we're just building on something that's already been there, but just bringing it even bigger and better. And it will be free. And that is a very important point, Tressa. This mm-hmm. is free to everybody. That's the, that contributes to the wonders and the magic that takes place. Now, I'm going to let Sandra do her thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, one of the, um, I published a blog called Succeed and Soar, and we use different great thinkers as launch points. Albert Einstein said, if you want children to be intelligent, read them fairy tales. If you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. <laughs> hmm. Isn't that great? And That's then, and then uh, another great quote was, fairy tales do not tell children dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. <laughs> fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed. And that's a great metaphor for things that we have to face in life, the dragons that we have to face in life, you know, that aren't scaly with tails, but just situations. <laughs> and one of the things that's so important, an important goal for this festival is community building. How do we build communities with books as, as a means and a method and a vehicle? And it's, it's marvelous starting with children, and, and, and excitement about the stories that, that can feed them and nourish them and grow them in ways that nothing else can. And we're just beginning to explore how this festival can be a foundation for community building and hope that, when, that lots of people come out and sort of share their ideas about how we can build communities through books in, in Wingap, in Larmer, in the Hill District, in Southside. But one thing's for sure, when we're exposed to stories, we grow in a, in a sense of pride in our community and in a sense of pride in ourselves because we're hearing stories about that we can, that we can find ourselves in. If I could add something to, to what Sandra's saying about kids and why we think it's so important to get kids to read and to be become creative and to learn how to spend their time more wisely. Uh, Early in February, uh, Google Pittsburgh gave us a grant and part of the money was to buy books for kids who had been mostly, who had been severely impacted by the uh, coronavirus. And so with our partner, uh, Reading is Fundamental, we delivered over 1,100 books to child care centers or, uh, that were uh, to kids that they could keep these books. They could select from a, a collection of them and take home a book. We're hoping that we can get more funding along the way to do that three or four times a year in neighborhoods that children don't really have their own books. We know that in middle-class communities, a child will have 30 books in their little library. But in a lower lower income community, they don't have books at all. There's no books. Their vocabulary is nil. And they really start school at a disadvantage. So if we can hit these kids with books and stories and love, um, hopefully we can break through this um, this issue of, of, of literacy and make it, as Sandra says, a communal project. <clears throat> Wow. I just want to add just a couple things real quick. Uh, and then for young readers, and if they have a chance to read every day or are read to when they're when they're really young, you're you're right. The reading exposes them 
children to words and builds their vocabulary. It also improves comprehension. They have to think about, on some level, think about what they're hearing, what's going on in the story. So their brain begins to work on higher levels as they're comprehending. It, it improves analytical and critical thinking skills as, as not just children, but even adults try to understand and figure out what's going on. It helps you socialize and it broadens horizons. There's just so many things that reading can do. But I'm sorry, I don't want to sort of bog things up here, but it, but it transcends what happens in any other medium. In other words, you can look at a movie or a television show that, prevent, that presents a story, but when you're actually reading it, you're engaged on a whole other level. You know, you're creating the characters, you're creating where they are in your mind. Your brain is working. You know, somebody else worked out all of these things when they put the movie together or they put the television show together. They decided what the characters would look like and so on. But when you're reading a book, you're exercising your brain in phenomenal and diverse and fantastic ways. Boy, you know, Tressa, you, you just can't be put any better. I'm telling you, I'm just kind of speechless, which for me is an unusual thing. <clears throat> One of the I'm one nodding of, my head. Yeah, I, I, that's, okay. Like one of the things I do want to mention is, is one of the, the wonderful things that we've encountered uh, doing this is the support across the community. Um, you know, we have it, it's on our webpage. So some of our supporters, but I mean, from you know the mayor, <clears throat> the mayor and the city council, um, the civic community. Um, the universities, I mean, all the universities, Pitt and Duquesne and, and Chatham and, and Carlo um, and Carnegie Mellon, of course, are all contributing in one way or another. Uh, you know, wonderful uh, Pittsburgh companies, uh, Google Pittsburgh, Duolingo, uh, uh, the folks at Walnut Capital and Bakery Square, um, and the Heinz Foundation, UPMC. Um, Health books, plan. Yeah, the... the uh, the bookstores across the city, the publishers, um, it's just been wonderful. And they are all really, really behind this. And, and um, you know, it, it's been it's, it's just been really gratifying. And, you know, it's, it's also given us a lot of sense of responsibility and accountability because the whole vision is um, this is only the first. And a year later, there will be a second and, and that sort of thing, as has happened in many, uh, all these other communities across the country. And what you see is that they grow um, as they begin to get more attention and more support. And some places now it's not a one day festival, it's a week long festival with different events throughout the city and uh, in the community. And, and um, one of the things I didn't mention was the public library system, both the Carnegie Library and the community libraries, uh, Mount Lebanon, Zilinopul, the uh, uh, Allegheny County Library Association, so much support for this, and that's been really gratifying and exciting. Tressa, I'd love to tell some of the fun. I mean, this the whole day is going to be great fun, and there'll be authors coming that many have already committed. Uh, Toy Derricott, who just won the the American Poetry Award, she will be there, and Claire. Oh, Claire sorry, Beans. she's the best. She is the best. <laughs> Max King and. And, and Ken Gormley, who's just written his first fiction, he's president of, of Duquesne, and it's a great book, The Heiress of Pittsburgh. But th that aside, there'll be really some fun activities. We're hoping to do a panel of authors about jazz in Pittsburgh and then follow it with a jazz quartet. So I think that will be fun. We're also going to have some hands-on projects thanks to our folks at the Center for Creative, Cre Creativity at Pitt, there's going to be a place for kids to, to see how Braille is created and what Braille means. There'll be a place mm. for, um, Pitt has a archives, a wonderful archive, but they have 700 pop-up books. And so I think those pop-up books will be on display and then even a small little workshop on how to make a pop-up. Um, there'll be a place for parents and kids to make their own little book and tell their own story. So there'll be hands-on activities as well. And um, we'll all walk all the way around East Liberty in, in, in the venues that are still 
being um, secured, but I think we're in pretty good shape. And I understand that the weather's going to be perfect that day. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Yes. <clears throat> well, I'm yeah. in charge of weather. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And one, one other aspect that, that we think is important is, again, because of this, you know, the underlying concept and vision is community. Um, we're going to have uh, a system and still a lot of work to do on it, but the vision and the concept is clear and defined in the sense of we're going to have a system of buses that are going to bring people, enable people to come from a variety of communities in the area to the festival and take them back home. So that, and, you know, we hope that there'll be families and kids on those buses and we'll probably have, you know, a, an individual on the bus from the uh, from the uh, book festival talking about what their what their programs will be, what they can find. We may have um, going back to what Larry was saying. We may have books on the bus for kids uh, and look to be working with community leaders. And uh, there is a great opportunity for the community to participate. Um, there's if you go onto our website, which is pittsburghbookfestival.org, um, there's a place to sign up to volunteer. There's a place to learn more about our authors, and there'll be this podcast on our website and more. Um, there also, and this is my plug, a chance to send a donation to the festival. And because, um, as we say, it's all free, and we will have to pay for a few things along the way. And uh, also, if there's corporations um, who are interested in being a sponsor, we're more than happy to talk to them as well. But there's opportunities on the website, again, pittsburghbookfestival.org. Um, and so we look forward to that. I, I just had a wonderful conversation with a woman who was involved with the United Black Book Clubs, of, the United Black Book Clubs, and they are willing to become involved. So, um, and I, I, we're not sure what the capacity, what they're going to be doing, but it's that kind of community <laughs> that, we're, that we're inviting and encouraging. And um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, for, your, <laughs> for all the listeners, your great audience, Tressa, we will need volunteers. We're looking to recruit at least 300 volunteers to help uh, the attendees get to the right places, um, you know, know where the, the, the spaces are for the sessions. And actually we're going to be working with a wonderful organization across the community called Pittsburgh Cares. And mm -hmm. they're, they're going to be uh, in charge of recruiting and, and training and managing our whole volunteer program. And there will be uh, a link on the website that you can uh, reach them and add your, your name and information uh, to the, the beginning of the, the volunteer list. So it's a great opportunity to have some fun, participate for a few hours, and help out. Yeah, I was going to... Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, when we think in terms of community building through the uh, book festival, or through books, you know, a quote by Mark Twain that I hear all the time on one of my favorite travel shows on WQED is, uh, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, Mark Twain. And reading is a way to travel without leaving home. We can meet people from all different types of cultures, from all different times, people we would never get to meet under any other kinds of circumstances and get to know them. That's something that's vitally needed in the world today is 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 basic better connectedness between different peoples between different cultures between different nations ideologies religions points of views and reading can do that and a book festival like this which brings people together who who are reading or interested in reading can just allow that that coming together of thoughts ideas identities community you know so that's one of the exciting things that can come come from this festival. And I hope bunches of people come out who really want to work toward help with ideas about building community through through books. Uh, the more as you all are talking, and I just keep what keeps kind of the word repeating in my head is community. How many 
members of the community, company, businesses, big, small, already have gotten together, have signed up and said, we're going to do this. It's really inspiring in that way. It um, is. And I was going to say, too, so, okay, so our episode is coming out in September. Also, as I'm listening, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is all happening in one day. Oh, my yep. gosh. It's <laughs> like, holy heck, it's great. Um, but I'm th- so, you know, and folks, are th- I'm, I know are going to be so happy to know about it. Um, in advance so they can plan and like you're saying if they want to volunteer if they want to you know I know you had mentioned that in between now and May you may have some other you've already had the book drops and and things like that do you hope to have other things in between kind of leading up to the event absolutely we're going to have what we call pop-up events and we've had a few of them we we had two uh, professors interviewed John Edgar Weidman, and that is on our website if you want to hear it. It's mm. quite inspiring. Um, he's, he's just 80, a little bit over, I think, and his energy and love of the, of the word is fabulous. On November 4th in Zelianopel, we'll be partnering with the Zelianopel Area Library in presenting a mystery writer who's from Burgertstown. Her name is... And her name is Annette Dashafi, and um, she is a a really fine mystery writer who has been uh, nominated for the Agatha Award for five times. It's time she wins, but I think that in itself is terrific. It's it's terrific that we have these these people that are all over the Pittsburgh area that are writers. The most interesting thing for me was getting involved with the University of Pittsburgh. The amount of authors that are coming out of Pitt, out of history department, out of out of the Center for um, African American Poetry and Poetics. It was really a revelation for me to see how much wonderful work is being done right in our own community. And I think that is worth celebrating. Yeah, and I think on that, on the Zillianopal one, I think we're partnering with uh, Mystery Lovers Bookstores. Am I right, Laurie? Yes, we are. And we have wonderful relations. I'm glad you mentioned that, Marshall. We have wonderful relationships with our independent bookstores. They are working so hard and they are filled with good service. Take a look at um, our website and it lists our independent bookstores in the community. And we, we beg you <laughs> to, to, to purchase your books there and to make sure that they will be around for a long time. Uh, in the spring, we hope to do something with Mount Lebanon Library. If COVID settles down, we'll do something with kids and uh, we have some wonderful uh, children's authors, Sharon Flake and Karen Lynn Williams, who um, we would love to have them interact with some kids. So um, to keep your, eye, keep your eye on our website. And I love too that, as you were saying, Lori, that, or how it's Pitt, Pittsburgh through the pages. Just love that idea too, of really being connected to Pittsburgh, the, the festival itself. And I wanted to add, too, that for those who, yinzers, <laughs> who, aren't, who, aren't, who don't necessarily read or don't necessarily think they're interested in reading, you know, there are some real benefits. You know, you can sleep better, not just because you read a book that puts you to sleep, but because <laughs> <laughs> but it relaxes you. Um, there's been research done that shows that reading a, a novel, a work of fiction for just six minutes a day can reduce your stress by 68% simply because it takes your mind off of whatever's going on that's causing the stress. Um, reading can be inspirational. It can improve focus and your ability to concentrate. Well, here are reasons to read and come to the festival and discover some wonderful possibilities. You know, I remember when I was first starting this, you know, there was a the wonderful woman who was a librarian at the Mount Lebanon Public Library. She saw this as a way to lift Pittsburgh to the national stage in the literary scene and that it was it would help her get more authors at their speaking program because Pittsburgh has a book festival, they have thousands of people, let's get let's get Pittsburgh on the schedule. But so it's that combination of things that maybe you know, in a few years, we can begin to create that whole thing 
uh, as a result of what this is about. So um, I sort of like making that connection and that, that uh, analogy. Maybe that's, that's where we need to go with Pittsburgh's literary uh, legacy. Plus, as I always say, and Laurie will be rolling her eyes, is we can have a pickle festival. We can have a literary festival. So it's <laughs> a very good point. Yeah, that makes sense to me. This is so wonderful. Is is there anything else that you want to add or mention or talk about? Um, I don't know. We've probably covered plenty for people to absorb. We hope that people will connect with us through the website. We welcome their ideas. Um, we welcome their, of course, financial support. We welcome their <laughs> volunteering, um, their interest in, in things. Hang on, Sandra wants to add something. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, but words are probably the most powerful tool, not only tool, but weapon that we can possess. The more words we know, the more concepts we have, the more uh, ways we can express ourselves and, and, and address issues because we have vocabulary for it. Uh, you know, and I wanted to share this because it's, it's reading and being exposed to words that we have to go to the dictionary and look up sometimes. It can be wonderful. So this is an opening line and uh, from a famous novel and if anybody knows what it is, please, uh, please let me know. I'm sort of excited. I want to offer a prize or something. But the oh, I love that. Is, <laughs> it was a bright, cold day on April. And the clocks were striking 13. And when I read that line, I thought, wow, it was a bright, cold day on April. What an interesting way to put that. On mm. April, not in April. And the clocks were striking 13. Immediately, my brain starts to just sort of click, click, click and sort of process that. What does that mean? That's what books can do. So on May 22nd, 2022. 14th. 14th. Oh, I'm sorry, May 14th, 2022. <laughs> Looking forward to having tons of people tell me. Yep. That line is from Alice in Wonderland. Oh. No, no. I, I'll, have to, I'll have to think about that one. Okay. I know my wheels are turning right now, but oh, yeah, what a great yeah. opening line! Because so you, you're you got to keep reading after that too, right? There's no way I'll, you can put that down. I'll tell read you that what. Line, yeah. I'll tell you what. So if someone wants to reach out to us, oh my goodness, we should have known that. Um, I now have the answer, um, and that's uh, it's a, one of the most incredible books ever written. Um, uh, there is an email address to reach us. It's info at pittsburghbookfestival.org. And so if whoever <clears throat> determines the book and author of that quote, the first info we get with that information, we will send a free book to them. Oh, my gosh. How's that? So I, I love it. I, I can't tell you at the moment what the book will be, but it'll be something good. Um, uh, how's that? So, oh, I also, love it. hopefully, people will will uh, reach out to us through the info at pittsburghbookfestival.org and uh, we can be, begin communicating and uh, adding to uh, uh, our interaction with the community. I love that. Thank you all so much for this this wonderful conversation. Thank you, thank you. We we uh. Your your podcasts are terrific. Um, uh, some, one of the one of our uh, one of the folks who are working with us on our marketing and communications, uh, Russell and Kathy Bynum. I know that you did a podcast with Russell a while ago. And I did was, for FLM Haiti. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Russell does. He's on sidelines. Wonderful work to try and help uh, folks in Haiti, and, and a lot of respect for for him. It's it's great. It's what Pittsburgh is about. It's community. It's connections. It's you know, That's uh, right. One to one and and making things happen. So our uh, great appreciation to you. Great appreciation to Sandra. She's a member of our advisory committee. We have a twenty person advisory committee of uh, all kinds of wonderful people from across the community. And uh, um, it's, again, it's just part of what's so much uh, fun and excitement uh, uh, coming to support this idea. Thank you. Laurie, last Thank word. Thank you. 
Um, just thank you for including us in being a good yinzer. We're happy to be that. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Tressa. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing just fine, thanks. How are you? I am excellent, as always. So, awesome. yes, off the bat, because I feel like now with each segment, we should explain it. So Don and I are not in the same room. Mm-mm. No. So not, not even in the same house currently. No. I mean, wow. Yeah. For those of you who may be listening for the first time, Don and I are married. That might explain that. Okay. <laughs> that might help out. Well, what do you think? Anything to share with our listeners before we uh, just get underway here? No, we're recording this on a beautiful fall day. So I think it's the sun is shining. The neighborhoods need to be named. We should probably just get to it. (laughs) Excellent advice. The neighborhoods from which you are choosing. Etna and Wind Gap. Etna and Wind Gap. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Etna, like the health insurance. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say something about Wind Gap, but no, we'll keep going. No, I can. I, I do have <laughs> something to say about Wind Gap. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, there was an ice cream shop in uh, Wind Gap because uh, I grew up not far from there, and it was Remember When, mm-hmm. and the large twist cone or the soft serve cone was so large they couldn't hand it out the window. You had to go around to the back door. What? Yeah. Truth, true statement. True statement. Well, let's jump into it, shall we? We shall. <laughs> Number one, and I'm not lying, this neighborhood <laughs> is the original home of the Remember When ice cream shop. <laughs> Home of Pittsburgh's largest ice cream cone. Wow. Uh, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. Totally, <laughs> totally guess. Uh, wind gap? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say some more things about it that you may not know. So, as I mentioned, I did say original home because it has recently moved to Robinson Town Center. Mm, Yeah, Um, but let's talk about those old days. So the original building for Remember When Ice Cream was it was originally built to be a barbershop and it was built in 1960 by a fella who lived in the neighborhood. But by the time the building was completed, a barbershop had opened only three doors down. So the owner decided to convert the building into a soft serve ice cream stand. And he and his family ran that for a few years. Then he sold it to another neighborhood family, and they kept it going for 28 years. Wow. And originally it was painted red, white, and blue. They served chocolate, vanilla, and twist soft serve ice cream cones, sundaes, and banana splits. And then in 1991, a woman by the name of Mary purchased the business, renamed it Remember When. And she added homemade hard ice cream chills, which were soft serve um, with toppings blended in, and a number of other items, including, drum roll please, the memory, <laughs> the memory cone, which, as you were explaining, it is a soft serve ice cream cone so tall it has to be served out a side door. And that is Pittsburgh's largest ice cream cone. Check out my memory. While we're on that topic. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. I guess maybe everyone kind of got one right there. So I oh, love yeah. it. Yeah, it was a freebie. Love it. It was a yeah. freebie. You know, I, it's always, I love having firsts here and name that neighborhood. So that's fantastic. Let's go on to number two. Let's. This neighborhood is hosting its seventh annual art tour this very weekend on September 25th. Etna. 
Oh, you did not hesitate, and you are correct. Woohoo! Woohoo! So yeah, it's going to take place September 25th. So for those of you listening right away as this episode drops, check it out from 4 to 9 p.m. And yeah, so for the seventh year. So um, this year, as makes sense, they're making it more of an outdoor-focused event. Um, But as always, it will celebrate artists, musicians, dancers, performers, and the local business community. And as in years past, um, Butler Street from Freeport to Bridge uh, Roads will be kind of an open streets type event. There'll be art, live music, food, drinks, and more. Hmm. Huh. That, that sounds exciting. Yeah, it does. You think it they does. ever considered naming it Etnart? I don't think so, Don. Etnart? If you elongate it? No? No? No, I think you just illustrated why that would be tough because you have to explain it a couple times to explain yeah. where you were going there. Or if it's like um, Etten and then Art in capital letters with an exclamation point. It's the visual. Yep, let me write all these down. They're really good ideas. Yeah, we good. can uh, send them an email. It's really good to come up with a visual suggestion on a podcast. Oh, it's very helpful. Thank mm-hmm. you. You're, you understand the medium. Yeah. Well, two for two. Um, keep the party rolling, shall we? Mm-hmm. Number three. This neighborhood was once the terminus of the number two Pittsburgh Railway streetcar service from downtown Pittsburgh. Wind Gap. Oh, no. Oh, man. But I knew one thing about Wind Gap. You did. You did. Um, Get that cancel out. I don't know. I'll ask the judges and get back to you. It is Aetna. So let's talk about this. So Pittsburgh Railways, by the way, was one of the predecessors of the Port Authority of Allegheny County. And during its time, it had the third largest fleet in North America after Toronto and Chicago. We're talking trolleys here. And they were the main form of transportation in Pittsburgh for more than 100 years. So we're talking about that Aetna uh, stop there. It was closed in 1952. But also, just a little side note, from 1907 until 1931, Aetna was a stop on the interurban Pittsburgh and Butler Street Railway, which, as you can imagine, linked Pittsburgh with Butler. Makes sense. Yeah. It's all right there in the name. Sure, sure. All right, you're going to bounce back here, though, Don. Number four. The oldest rubber band company in the United States is located in this neighborhood. Wind Gap. You are correct. So the company is Dykema, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Rubber Band. And they have been a family-owned business since 1906. The oldest rubber band company in the whole country. And they sell only rubber bands. The founder was TJ Daikima, uh, and he initiated their brand of rubber bands known as Best of All, spelled a little differently, B-E-S-T-U-V-A-L-L. They are 90% pure rubber bands. And actually, in the beginning, he focused on two products, rubber and glass. And in 1938, he invented and patented the use of a rubber bulb on the tip of a glass tube inserted into the cap of a glass bottle, now known as a bottle dropper. Oh, yeah. And the success of that product enabled him to expand the rubber band business. How about it? How about it? Right here in Pittsburgh. Now, I think the obvious thing here is that it should be the gum band company. Oh, of course, here. I mean... Yes. Not to tell them what to do, but I'm feeling like yeah. that might be a, yeah. I think they, they need to rework their um, imaging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just something to think about. Sure. I mean, they've only been in business since 1906, so they obviously have a lot to learn from they me. Do. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm sure they're a nationwide company, so I don't they don't want to necessarily target one specific audience for, for gum band users. Well, see, now you're being smart about it. Yeah. 
and using intellect. Um, well, <laughs> hardly. Those, <laughs> those of us who still use gum bands will yes. continue to use gum bands. Indeed, I love it. Hey, three out of four, Don. It's good. It's good. And as always, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, as always, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. And that is going to bring this episode 30 to a close. Thank you all so much for listening in, truly. And to any of you who may be listening for the first time, welcome. I hope you stay with us and share some stories with us. But I really do appreciate all of you who keep tuning in. I'm having a ball. I hope you all are too. I look forward to our next episode. Special thanks, of course, to Marshall and Lori and Sandra from the Greater Pittsburgh Festival of Books. To learn more about it, pittsburghbookfestival.org. And so, until our next episode, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thank yous to Francesca DeBecco. Colin Deppin, Don DiGiulio, and as always, for our fantastic artwork, Mike Rubino. 